The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to jamieappsmedia.com. Welcome to the Commentary Booth, the ultimate weekly entertainment recap and review show. My name is Jamie Apps, and each week I'll be joined by a rotating cast of co-hosts to run you through the entertainment media we've consumed during the week. Along the way, we'll provide you with insightful commentary and reviews. This week I'm joined by a DJ who lists their favourite movie as Scott Pilgrim vs. The World and favourite TV show as Parks and Rec. Welcome back to the show, Jackson Carr. Mate, thanks for having me again. How are you going? Oh yeah, not too bad. Bit warm the last couple of days, which is strange. Like so much for summer being gone. Yeah, I know. Winter's my favourite time of the year, and I always hate it when you into into um, autumn and it's not as cold as you like. But we'll get there. Yeah, yesterday was just so muggy. I was just like, all day. I was like, can it just bloody rain already? Like it just needs the rain to cool down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hundred percent. What else have you been up to? Man, I've DJed a few weddings since I last spoke to you, which has been fun. So one was like this big Italian wedding, so there was heaps of people there. And then I was actually in Kaima on the weekend, and it was the first time people could like, anyone could dance. So there was like a dance for 30 people. So it was nice to get away and got some restless passports down, so I was doing it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been a fun few weeks. How about yourself? Nice. Uh, just got the magazine out finally, which is awesome. Super happy with that one, and yeah, just working away, awesome. getting ready for the next one. I think. <laughs> yeah, nice. Love it. And you've already seen who who I got as the the big cover person for that. So. Yeah. No spoilers. Yeah, very happy with that one. Yeah, awesome. Love that. And then over the weekend, there was a. A pretty big movie that dropped over on Amazon Prime that we checked out. Yes. Um, I I didn't get to watch it until after a few days after some people said some things, and I don't know if like people got in my head and said it wasn't that good, but I couldn't finish it. Oh wow. Yeah, I just I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was just I had a, a I just read too many negative reviews. I, I had a too big a weekend, and I just wasn't in the right headspace. I got about. It was about half an hour to go, and I was like, I just can't watch this anymore. I just turned it off. And I loved the first one. I just turned it off. I was like, no, I, I, maybe I'll revisit it. But, yeah, I just I, I, I couldn't finish it. Okay, yeah, so we're talking about uh, Coming to America, the sequel to Coming to America. Such a weird naming convention. So, yeah, I couldn't remember the last time I'd seen the original. So on Friday before we watched the sequel, we went back, we watched the original it's just as it's funny still like there's still there's a few parts in there you're like oh that doesn't really that doesn't stand up these days but apart from that it's really funny and then the second one was yeah funny but it's basically the same thing again like they don't change a lot and just instead of being set in new york they take a new yorker to africa there was some nice like touches where you saw the barbers which is obviously petty murphy anyway and then like when they first went to Samundar, the son woke up and he's like, the, per- the person they took from New York was like, um, good morning, Samundar. And like, like they did that. In the- so there was some nice like double up touches and stuff, but I, I don't know, maybe it was just because it was too much like the first one and 
Whereas if you're comparing movies that have been that I've loved that have been remade by Amazon, Borat Two wasn't the same premise as the first one. It was it was quite different. It was different in a lot of ways while keeping the same like Borat principles. Whereas this one, it was just the same, but they just changed the location. It was just yeah, it just seemed like they just wanted it was just a money grab and they just wanted to push it out. And I think that was the, the main cause for me. Yeah, and they they sort of referenced that a little bit in the movie too when. The princess, I think she is, is talking about American culture and movies and stuff and how it's all like remakes or sequels to movies that nobody ever asked for a sequel for. Like, mm. I don't think anybody was clamoring for a sequel to Coming to America. Not at all. And yeah. Like, enjoyable movie, but yeah, not one to go super out of your way for to check out. Yeah, like, to be honest, the main reason I, I watched it was because I forgot to cancel my Amazon Prime again and because I literally haven't been watching it. And then I realised that this was on, thanks to us, saw, like, a poster on the side of the street. And I was like, okay, sweet, I'll, I'll watch it because I've got Amazon Prime. But I don't know, if I didn't have Amazon Prime, I probably just would have waited until I was at, with some people that had it and whatnot. But, hey, at least I, I gave it a go and I've used my Amazon Prime for the month, so it's not a complete waste of money. Yeah, you at least got some value out of it i guess i assume you haven't been watching amazon prime because you've just been swamped with disney plus and the star offerings oh yeah man like the disney plus stuff this the star stuff some of my favorite movies on it like when i was younger i used to love this movie called gone in 60 seconds with nicholas cage i bought the soundtrack and i hadn't watched it in years and I've been trying, I have my, that Just Watch app that I use that I, we've discussed before where I can see wherever movies are. I've been trying for ages to see if it's on there. And then, yeah, I watched Gone in 60 Seconds, um, Gross Point Blank, which is a lovely, which is an amazing movie from the 90s I love with John Cusack. High Fidelity, which is like one of my breakup movies I like to watch, one of my favorite movies. So I've watched that recently. 500 Days of Summer, which is another breakup movie that I've watched that I love. So I've just been loving watching, like, cause as I've quite, said before i love te television shows more than movies but i've been smashing some nostalgic movies that i've always loved so and it's so cheap as well because they've kept it at the same rate i don't know for how long but i'm getting all this extra value for no extra cost like unbelievable i love it yeah i think if you have a subscription you get to keep the price as it is until later in the year and then it, it goes up a little bit but i don't think it's going to be i don't think it's a huge jump like it's if anything, it's going to just end up being the equivalent to Netflix or Amazon anyway. So, Yeah, I think it's great value for money, so I'm all about it. I still haven't watched the latest WandaVision. There was already a ton of stuff, like, yeah, the WandaVision, Mandalorian, all the Marvel and Star Wars, and now just you open that little star section and it's like, whoa, there is so much in here. Yeah. We watched a couple of the originals, the show called Big Sky and Hellstrom. There's only four episodes out so far, so I'm not going to do too much into them. But so far, enjoying those. Um, and then we've gone back and started like X-Files and watched a few random movies on there. We watched um, Ready or Not. Like there's just so much in there. Like I could scroll through just the star offerings for an hour or two before I even decide that I want to watch something. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy how much content they have and. It's just it just goes to show that it's such a competitive market these days um, amongst all these streaming services that now they're pulling this out and I I think it's the best streaming service there is like I haven't had Netflix for six months and I'm not missing it because there's so many other options around because I've got binge for free I've got 
Stan for free. Now Disney Plus is off its head. And then with all the basketball and the KO that they have and rugby league about to start as well, it's just like there are so many great streaming services. We're just in a world of great entertainment at the moment. So, Yep. And you mentioned uh, WandaVision. Have you watched the, the final episode? No, I haven't because I was away for the wedding until Sunday and then I had to do some things on Sunday night. And then yesterday I watched the NBA All-Star game and then coming to America last night. So Water Vision's on my list for today. So no, I have, unfortunately I haven't watched it. And I haven't seen any spoilers yet, so my luck continues. That's good. I'm not going to spoil anything, but yeah, it's, it's a very good finish. PSA, watch the whole credits because there are two end credit scenes this time, not just the one. Yeah, because in, in the episode before the, there was an end credit, and it was the first time I was thinking, oh, I haven't seen one of these yet. So yeah, no, I, I, I'm, oh yeah, thanks for that tip. That's, that's, a, that's a good, good advice. Yeah, it was so weird when they added that, like, seven episodes in, they're like, okay, we're going to add a post-credit scene. Now I was like, have I missed them all in the previous ones? Like, I got really worried that, crap, have I missed a couple here? Yeah, I thought that as well, but usually when the first episode of WandaVision ended, I assumed that there'd be end credits, but then the credits went for, like, seven hours, and I was like, oh, okay, so I just just sat on my phone. So I just, I just kind of left every single episode just to peter out until they're ready to go to the next one. Yeah. Or when it's over, yeah. so, and I can just stare at TikTok, or whatever. But yeah, no, so we haven't missed any. But yeah, it was so odd that they just brought it in the seventh episode. I thought they would have always had it, but yeah, like that's the weird problem with the Disney Plus shows is their credits are so long. Like, <laughs> I think these WandaVision ones, like they're up to like seven or eight minutes of just credits. Yeah, it must be because they're such a big. They're used to having their movies, like the Marvel movies, with so many big credits. They must like have to credit those people or. Yeah, and I've noticed, like like I did with like what you said with those first couple of episodes, I just let them play. And they have their like cinematic uh, credit sequences with all the motion graphics and everything. And then once they finish, they go into just like the black screen with the white text and they do all of the languages that it's available in. So you'll get English, French, Italian, Spanish. So it's just like the same credits over and over again, just with the different voice actors or yeah. subtitle people. And so yeah, they just go for ages. So what I've been doing is when a show finishes, especially with a show like WandaVision where there are those post credits, I just hit fast forward and just let it run until I see oh, there's something and then pause it and go back and watch the post credit yeah, cool. That's how I found the second second post credit. Yeah, wow. Okay, second, second. Okay, good. I'm going to watch it tonight. I like to watch when the sun goes down. My room's quite bright, and I just like to have the full experience. But yeah, tonight I'm into it. Awesome. And the All Star Game, how was it? Man, I I liked it because I like seeing all those players play. I always find the skills challenge interesting, and the three point contest was good. Like when Seth Curry won with like the last shot was wild. But then when they because they don't play any defense, I think it was like four free throws in the whole game. It's quite a free flowing game, but then. Because Dak, because obviously I'm a Portland fan, I love Damian Lillard. I love seeing him hit, hit the winning shot from half court, hit another shot from half court. And I was just, I literally, I'd only pay attention when he was on the court, really, because it, was, it wasn't really like an entertaining game. It was just them taking the piss. But then everyone was bagging up the dunk contest, just saying it was just going to be bad because there was two rookies and Anthony Simons from the Blazers, who's only been in the league for like two or three years. But because the Blazers play, I loved it. I loved the dunk contest. I was like, it was the most exciting one. But I was like, yeah, this kid that I've... I remember getting drafted and, and 
I've been like, yeah, all us Blazers fans are like, yeah, he's going to be a good prospect. Now he's probably going to get some more recognition in the league. So that was nice for him, but it wasn't the most exciting one. Plus, it's always good pre-COVID when you see like celebrities on the court and other players. So it wasn't the best, but hey, it was basketball. It kept me inside on that muggy day yesterday. I was, I was into it. It was, it was fine. Yeah, I have the same problem with the, the All-Star game. Like, I really enjoy, as you said, the skills challenge, the three-point challenge, um, and the, the, like, dunk contest. But then once it gets to the actual All-Star game, I'm just, I watch, like, the first quarter, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm done. Like, it's just them running around having fun. Like, they don't, like, they, they don't play defense. It's just, like, uh, it's just so just not competitive. It's kind of boring to watch which it shouldn't be when there's so many good players yeah i don't think they wanted to do too much to get injured and they just want to have fun but then like you look at rudy gobert who's one of the best defenders the best defender in the league but he doesn't really offer much on offense besides being able to dunk if someone throws him a lob he just runs up and down the court he's like i'm not playing defense i'm not really it's like what the what the hell is the point of him being there because he's He's not going to defend. And if he defends all the other players, like, what are you doing? So he just runs up and down, gets his minutes, and then goes off. Like, he probably enjoys the week, but he's just, like, the most out-of-place player on that team. Like, put, like, put a veteran in that, like, I think Carmelo Anthony in or someone that's been around for years instead of him just because they'll have more fun and they'll be more valuable for the game. Whereas, yeah, Rudy Gobert just a yo-yo up and down the court. Like, so I was just watching him just thinking that. But I also don't really like him because of this whole COVID thing last year, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one, like, I don't see, I, I can't work out how they would change it though to make it a little bit more competitive. Like you can't, the season's already so long. If they put it at the end, nobody would want to play it. If they put no. it at the start, nobody's going to want to play it in case they get injured before the season. Like it's such a difficult one. <laughs> it's such an integral part of the, the league, but it's like, I don't know. Yeah. They tried to fix it up by then changing it from captains to picking players, but then you look at Kevin Durant, he just picked all his Brooklyn teammates and it just made Team LeBron so much better. Like, he, he could have picked so many other better players, but he's like, oh, no, I'm going to pick Kyrie, I'm going to pick James Harden, whereas he could have picked Aunt Giannis or, like, yeah, something like, better. Like, play with someone you don't play with every second yeah. day. Like, what are you doing? The worst thing was Kevin Durant wasn't even playing, so, like, don't pick your players. Like, he probably was just like, yeah, well, I'll pick you as high as I can to make you look better, but he really screwed his team like LeBron was always going to win I was like LeBron's team by 15 to 20 points 25 points and it ended up 20 points so it's a weird one but like I said I don't think there's much they can do about it like I know with the baseball one they made they made like the winners get an advantage in terms of the world series so it sort of has something on the line but it's still kind of just like eh Basketball's too physical for them to be like, yeah, I'm going to actually play full-on defense in a game that really means nothing. Yeah, especially on like a hard court as well where you can injure yourself and, yeah, it's just... It's something that they have to have in the, the, the league because it's great, but how they fix it, that's why they get paid millions and millions of dollars in TV revenue so I'm sure they can fix it if they want to or not. But people always turn in, like, you'll know every year... You'll be like, oh, there goes, you know, defense is going to be offense. And every year people are going to be like, this is crap. But then next year they'll watch it again. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't change. Everyone always like, oh, All-Star Weekend. Sweet. Sort of speaking of uh, NBA legends, Shaq debuted for AEW last Thursday. It was crazy. I didn't watch it live, but I saw some highlights. But Shaq, he's just everywhere. Wild. <laughs> 
it like took some massive bumps as well. Like it was a proper wrestling match. He didn't just go in and like he hit as you expect, Shaq has giant hands, he's gonna hit a couple of crazy big chops on someone. But he also like power bombed Cody Rhodes. He took this massive bump off the edge of the ring through two tables. Like, well played Shaq, you you aren't you aren't your paycheck there. I didn't think he'd be doing that much, but no, he just put his body on the line and good on him. Yep. Wonderful. Loved it. And it uh, apparently paid off in the ratings too. They had 934,000 viewers in the US last week. Whoa. <laughs> AEW on fire last week. Hopefully they can keep building on that momentum. Yeah, I would have said that until the end of their pay-per-view yesterday. Oh, God. What happened? So the, the whole... Leading up to the pay-per-view, we had obviously this AEW Dynamite titled The Crossroads featuring Shaq. So that was the big draw for that that episode. And then during that episode, they had Paul White, who's formerly The Big Show. He debuted with AEW as well. And he teased that on the weekend, I'm going to unveil this Hall of Fame-worthy signing to AEW at the pay-per-view. That person turned out to be Christian Cage, who's in WWE was known as Christian. So that was a cool little surprise entry. And then... For the main event of the pay-per-view, they had a match for the AEW World Championship, which was an exploding barbed wire death match. So what that involved is, is they have the ring set up like normal, but three sides of the ring, all the ropes are wrapped in barbed wire and explosives. Uh, outside the ring, there's little platforms that are covered in barbed wire and have explosives underneath them. Right up until the very end, this was a really awesome, like, hardcore match. Crazy physical, lots of blood and chairs and all the crazy stuff you expect from a match dubbed an exploding barbed wire death match. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but then the, the problem was, at the end, it was there was a, a timer of 30 minutes, and if the match didn't end in 30 minutes all of the explosives were going to go off at once. So the match ends just before that, and then there's a little bit of a beatdown happening between Kenny Omega and his little goon squad of uh, the Good Brothers. They're beating down John Moxley, and then the timer hits 10 seconds left, and they, they freak out, they run off. Eddie Kingston comes out to save his friend, John Moxley, and then the explosion goes off. Uh... Kind of a dud of an explosion. Don't know what the pyro guy was doing, but all it really was was a bunch of sparklers and a bit of smoke. So it was kind of like... Really? All this build up, and then it was just like, oh, that that, that was it. They'd had these Japanese wrestlers who do these exploding barbed wire death matches fairly regularly in their death match wrestling in Japan. They had these guys cutting promos and showing clips and stuff. And some of theirs, the explosions are ridiculous. Like there's smoke and fire and like proper explosions, like what you would expect when you hear that. But yeah, this one, it ended and it was like, oh. Because of that, that being the like final moment of the pay-per-view, it kind of tarnished the whole show. Yeah, that makes sense. Like Right up until the last like, Two minutes of the show was awesome, like a great show, and then it just like, oh, and like that's that's the thing that everyone's gonna going to remember from this pay per view now. 
that's so bad. Like, so it'll be interesting to see how they how they play off in the next week to try and be like, whoops. How can you build something up for so long and then and you know if it's not going to be like a big explosion? Like, what goes through these people's heads? Like, if it's just going to be like a little fizzle, like, what's the point? Yeah, exactly. Like, everyone's going in there, exploding barbed wire deathmatch. This is going to be crazy. We've never seen this on like American TV or global TV. Like, this has to be ridiculous like for it to even come close to what people are expecting and it just didn't the extra problem was the wrestlers were obviously told like sell this like it's a massive explosion and you're super injured and they they did but watching it you were just like what are you doing like that was nothing get up sad but apart from that it was an awesome show like it throughout the show it it kicked off on the pre-show with maki ito from japan this little like japanese wrestler who's she's awesome she has this really fun character she doesn't mince words on twitter like if anyone says anything to her she just comes back and rips on them just as hard then we had the the tag team title match with the young bucks versus chris jericho and mgf that was a the perfect sort of opening match it was high paced lots of action that followed with a tag team the casino tag team royale which was essentially like the Royal Rumble but for tag teams another action-packed match with the team of Death Triangle who are Pac and Phoenix winning then we had an awesome women's championship match with two Japanese wrestlers Uh, then it sort of dipped a little bit with a couple of matches and then it came back with a, a, a crazy ladder match which saw the debut of Ethan Page then we had the unveiling of Christian and then we got to see Sting wrestle for the first time in years. Awesome. Obviously because Sting is getting up there in age. They did this cinematic match where it's all pre-filmed and it's basically a match in movie form. So we had Sting and Darby Allen versus Team Taz in this like warehouse just having this crazy street fight where they're hitting each other with baseball bats and throwing each other off walls and through windows and things like that. So... It was the perfect way to showcase Sting as a wrestler without having him be live in front of a crowd and worried about his his stamina or getting injured. Like, they could protect him a little bit more. Yeah, of course. So then, yeah, like, perfect little build-up and then awesome actual match for the World Championship and then the last, like, five minutes just killed it. So it'll be interesting to see how they rebound from this now. Has there been a lot of, like, criticism online about it, the ending that you've seen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Twitter blew up. Like, everyone was just like, what was that? <laughs> Hang on, what? That was it? <laughs> like, everybody's expecting this big explosion and everybody's been sharing the clips of, here's what it should have looked like, here's what it actually looked like. And then there's been all the memes of um, Agatha from WandaVision has popped up in a few of the memes, like, it was Agatha all along, like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> just funny stuff like that, so... And I I know after the pay-per-view, John Moxley kind of promo being, like... <laughs> in the lead-up, Kenny Omega was claiming that he was engineering the whole thing, and after the, the pay-per-view went off the air to the live audience, Moxley cut this promo being, like... Yeah, Kenny Omega might be a really tough wrestler, but he... He's a crappy engineer. That's so disappointing, especially when they did so well the week before with Shaq. And 
Yeah, I hope they don't suffer from it when they come back on Thursday because normally the show after a pay-per-view is a real big one, so it'll be interesting to see what the, the ratings are like this week. You were watching one other show as well, I think, this week? Yes. So for a while, I've wanted to watch this show called Dave, and it's on Binge, and it's basically the rapper Little Dicky, who I'm, I've never been the biggest fan of his music. I've liked one or two of his songs, but I saw some clips of it, and I was speaking to some people, and they said it's very funny, and it's basically a piss-take look at, at him trying to become a rapper. So he's causing, he's still Little Dicky in the show, so it's not like he's giving himself... B Rabbit instead of Eminem, like in Eight Mile. Like he's still Little Dicky. And I think it's just him looking at him trying to become a famous rapper. And there's like eight episodes in the first season. And I thought there was two seasons for some reason. So I, I literally, I finished the show in 24 hours. I absolutely loved it. There was a great soundtrack. There was a lot of cameos from cele- celebrities. So like Rapper YG was in it. Um, Benny Blanco is this amazing producer. Um, I'm, I don't want to spoil some of the bigger ones if people want to watch it because... There was some big pop stars in in the show, and it's just it's hilarious. Like I'd never knew Little Dicky, Dave, whatever he wants to call himself, was such a great actor. But I guess if you're playing yourself in LA trying to become an act, a rapper, yeah, it was bloody brilliant. And it just yeah, it just was such an easy watch. Half an hour episodes. It was so funny, and and someone that loves hip hop and rap and whatnot. It was just nice looking at I guess a, a Jewish white rapper trying to make it in a in the rap game. So if you've got binge, I highly recommend it. It's, it was great. Is it kind of like, um, entourage where it's yeah loosely based on someone's real life, but then they obviously play it up for the show type thing. Yeah. So entourage was loosely based on Mark Wahlberg's life. And then they got Vincent, like agent Grainer to be Vincent Chase, but Mark Wahlberg was in it. Whereas, yeah, I think it was loosely based on little Dickie's life, but he, he made it up to be a lot worse. Like he paid, YG 10 grand to be on a feature and then YG like disappears and the whole episode's about him trying to find YG and that's like the first episode so yeah I think he tries to make it a lot yeah worse than it is but yeah it's, it's based on his life and as, as his name in real life is Dave David I believe and then his rap name's Little Dicky in the show his rap name was Little Dicky and he was like yeah I'm calling myself Little Dicky because I've got a small little circumcised <laughs> so it was yeah it was, it was just a good way of him taking the piss out of himself so yeah, if you like Entourage and you like hip-hop, you like funny stuff, it's, yeah, great, great show. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've heard about that a few times and obviously don't have binge at the moment, so I haven't been able to watch it, but I think I might have to search it out. Yeah, I can give you a, a login. I think I have a spare login for that, so I'll hook you up. Sweet. Um, And then the last one I watched this week was a movie called Boss Level. Okay. It's an action movie with sort of time loop elements, so sort of akin to Groundhog Day or Happy Death Day and Palm Springs. Yeah. And then it sort of incorporates elements of like video games and stuff as well. And it, it follows this character called Roy Pulver, who's played by Frank Grillo, and he's a retired Special Forces soldier. And he has to try and get through this one day where these all these assassins are after him, trying to murder him. And he wants to get to his estranged wife, played by Naomi Watts, and his son to rescue them. And just throughout the day, he just gets murdered in all these crazy ways. Like, he's shot in the groin, his head's chopped off 
multiple times. Um, just crazy, lots of deaths. And as the day unfolds over and over and every time he dies, it resets back to the start. And you just see him just like, I'm so over this at times. And then other times he's like, right, I'm going to actually make a good goal of trying to get through this because he knows like, if I die, oh, well, I just have to restart. And each day he sort of picks up on little more and more clues about who's behind it, which is Colonel Clive Ventor, who's played by Mel Gibson. Oh, cool. And it's this really campy, like, tongue-in-cheek, pretty gruesome and violent at times as well. Ridiculous action movie that's you can chuck on and who cares if you're, like, super concentrating, like you just lay there and enjoy the movie for what it is. It's not making any grand messages or anything. It's just crazy action. Watch someone die over and over again in stupid, ridiculous ways. Yeah, of course. No, that sounds cool. Now I'm a movie buff again. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, that's a a fun one. Just a fun, like, I'm exhausted after a day of work. I'm just going to chuck this on and see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. I'll do it after a night of DJing. Yep. So that's pretty much all for this week. What is your top recommendation for the week? Man, I really, really like Dave. I think it was a great show. So, yeah, because last week I said Star, This and I could say that again, but no, Dave, I, I, If as I said, if, if you liked Entourage or you like music in general and you want to see like a, a funny look at someone's trying to make it as a... A musician, yeah, Dave, easily. Nice. Uh, For me, it would be go and watch the Shaq match from AEW Dynamite, just to see how how much he actually does. Like he's he's a madman. But if wrestling's not your thing, obviously, like you said last week, you've got to get Disney Plus and check out Star. There is just so much on there. Thank you for listening to the commentary booth. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Not next week, the week after we're doing, it'll be our one-year anniversary. We're going to do our best and worst of the year that has been. That's going to have everyone that's been on the commentary booth this year. So we're going to have Jackson, Blake, Buddy, Leah, and myself all together again for a special episode. Up until then, you can follow me on social media at Media, and you can follow Jackson over on Twitter at Deckhead. The Commentary Booth is a fan-funded production of Yaps Media. You can support the podcast alongside our new magazine, Pario Magazine, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Media. The following people have supported at the publisher level or higher, and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Brian and June Hart, Courtney Paulson, Tracy Epps.